Hello, everyone. This is the Parks Academy, where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be wrapping up our World Showcase series. This is it. This is like the end of it, you know, the end of an era. It's weird that we went backwards, but it's fine. What do you mean backwards? Like we I mean, should I have started mean. in Mexico. I know what you mean. I'm just kind of doing it here. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the thing was, is that we, why did we do it? You wanted to start in England. If I have to think all the way back. You wanted to start in the UK and really make sure we hit that off strong. Yes. And also we thought, you know, if we want people to listen, we should save the best for last. Right? Yes, exactly. I mean, I disagree, but I, you know, whatever. Mexico is the best for that. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing. We are ending this series with our friends, Caleb and Caitlin from the Market House podcast. They do their own Disney podcast. It is incredible. Um, we love it. I listen to it every week to uh, make sure, you know, to keep up and see what they're up to. Um, and uh, yeah, we're really happy to have them on. First time guests. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. We are so excited. So pumped to talk Mexico with you guys. And we have yeah. to agree, it is the best way to start the World Showcase. So it's kind of a good one. I knew I liked you guys. I'm a Canada person, <laughs> not because I like Canada. I just don't like starting in Mexico. Um, although I did make myself a homemade margarita for the occasion. So hopefully oh, as yes. the episode progresses, I'll become more interesting. You know? <laughs> Check in at minute 30 to see where Steven's at. Yes, definitely. Yeah. It's going to be wild. All right. So we have been kicking off each of our episodes by asking our guests a few questions about their experiences with World Showcase. So I wanted to ask you guys, do you remember your first trip to World Showcase? I do. It was so I actually lived in Orlando for a very short time when I was like four years old. So I don't remember it that much. So we did, I think, Magic Kingdom a couple times as a little one, but we never made it to Epcot. I didn't make it to Epcot until I was I had just graduated high school. So I was too cool for school. I was going into college, like really confident and cocky. So I was too cool to go on a vacation with my family, but they dragged me along anyways. And so, yes, my first time at Epcot, I was, I don't know, what would that be? 17, 18 years old? Yeah. And yeah, it was fun. But again, same thing. It We went in August, which was mistake number one. Oof. And yeah. mistake number two was, again, when you're with family, it's August in Orlando. I mean, like tempers were short. Yeah. So by about 11 a.m., it was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be around you. But again, at the end of the day, it was a blast, but it was not the greatest. It, it, things improved once we got married and I can make the decisions on when we vacationed. Perfect. And so Caitlin probably her, her first experience was much. Yeah. Pleasant. Yeah. So I went as early as like, I think I was maybe eight months old my first trip. So I don't remember at all. But the first memory I have is actually going with Caleb. And it was not too long ago. And it was actually <laughs> when I think about Epcot, I think I'm going to the Mexico Pavilion because that was literally the first place we went. We went to Epcot. And I remember it was freezing the day that we went. It was probably what? It felt like it was 12 degrees, even though it wasn't. Definitely <laughs> not. Not in Orlando. Um, she's, you can tell she's probably a California in the 70s. girl. It was probably in like the 70s girl. or 60s Ex or something. Exactly. Yeah. And I offered to buy her, you know, newlyweds, I offered to buy her a sweatshirt. She's like, I don't want to get anything. Well, and I regret it to this day because it was the best sweatshirt ever. But yeah, it was, it was one of those things where like the World Showcase truly blew my mind because I'd never experienced anything like Epcot. I would, I've just been born and raised going to Disneyland my whole entire life. So just seeing that and just the scale of it, it was just crazy. So that was pretty much mine. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of World Showcase and the Mexico Pavilion, do either of you have any specific memories from the Mexico Pavilion? My clearest would be probably grabbing, what's the counter service restaurant name? I always forget it. I think it's La Cantina or something. La Cantina is is one of them. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we grabbed tacos there and I remember not expecting much. Uh, Again, growing up in like my mom's side of the family is all Hispanic. So growing up, going to grandma's house for some good tacos and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, these are going to be lame theme park tacos. They're surprisingly good. Like I was pleasantly surprised. So I was loving life, having some good tacos in the Mexico Pavilion. And then to top it all off, uh, the mariachi band showed up and started serenading us out there. It was so fun. It was really, really neat. Yeah, I agree. That was going to be mine. But as a second one, I would say the first time we went into the Ride Pavilion, or what is it called? The, the, the Aztec the pyramid. thing? Yes. Uh-huh. It's so cool in there. Like, I, I remember that blew my mind. I remember, like, Caleb, like, it's kind of like a blue bayou feel. There's a restaurant and there's, like, a yep. water ride that you go on, which the ride we can get into later on. But that, that also blew my mind in, like, a different way. Yeah. Um, but it was one of those things where I just loved, like, the look of it. I loved how dark it was. And we still to this day haven't eaten at that restaurant, but we'll have to try that next time we go back. The restaurant yeah. is but awesome. I've heard mixed. Is it? Okay, really? so I've heard yes. mixed things. Is it worth going? I mean, okay, so I'm a little bit of a Mexican food stop as well. Um, okay. Before we started recording, I told you guys I grew up in California too. So I grew up going to like really, really good restaurants in Napa. Like by good yeah. restaurants, I mean like a grocery store where you do like go to the very back corner and some old lady was making food. Um, <laughs> the best. Yeah, exactly. So I, yeah. I'm the food is not like the number one thing in the world but i think that the um, ambiance is really nice and then um page i'm just gonna this story's one of my favorites but page ordered the margarita sampler and they ran out of small margarita glasses so they brought us a sampler of full-size margaritas oh my and God. that's amazing <laughs> so one of the reasons why i'm anti-starting in mexico is because we each had like two and a half margaritas each within the course of like 45 minutes Mm. And then we got into the the, the Disney World heat and um, had to like brave the rest of the day. Yep. So oh, no. that was super cool and really fun and something <laughs> we certainly could not do now as parents because we have to Sounds be like a blast. Um, yeah, but yeah, the the place is cool. And the other thing too is we vacationed to on our honeymoon. Where did we go? Riviera Maya. Riviera Maya. I, yeah, I was gonna say Cancun, but that wasn't right. We went to Riviera Maya for our our honeymoon um, back in in 2016. Um, and, uh, the shops and stuff that we went to on our resort property and kind of out of the area were so much like the little shop inside of the Mexico pavilion inside of the, um, the pyramid. And so, um, that to me just feels kind of special because it reminds me of how we used to like, you know, haggle and stuff on our honeymoon. And, and, and that one time I picked up a, a, a bracelet and it broke in my hand. I got yelled at, um, oh, no. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. So. Did you buy um, it? No, I showed the guy how it was all rusted out. And then I <laughs> bailed. Um, terrible tourist. But uh, yeah, it's it's really cool. I like it there. But anyway, the restaurant is good. I, it, it's not, I, I don't remember the food. I remember the experience. And for yeah. Disney, it's like, that's kind of what I look for. Mm. is more of the experience of it all. And it was really a fun experience. I would say cool. the ambiance and the drinks make it worth it. And the food is just okay. But it's okay. worth going for the whole experience. Agreed. And our, and our waiter was really cool, too. Yes. If, I don't remember what he talked to us about, but I remember it was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a yep. story, <laughs> but he was cool. He's captivating. Uh, is yes. it 
Is it Blue Bayou pricing? Do we expect, is it like a 50, $40 to $50 plate experience or a little less because of kind of the Mexican food aspect? My recollection is that it was still kind of expensive, but there okay. were more options. So you weren't limited to a smaller menu. And also it's a much bigger restaurant as well. So I think nice. they're able to keep the prices down slightly because they're able okay. to get more tables filled. Nice. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. I would say it's expensive Mexican food because usually when you think Mexican restaurants, they're pretty cheap. Sure. But right. this one is more like a Disney-priced Mexican restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> makes sense. And I'm assuming there's no haggling at those uh, shops, unlike in real Mexico. <laughs> I mean, you have to basically use your magic band to buy stuff. So I'm going to say <laughs> We've never haggled in there. I mean, in, in Mexico, it's uh, when we were in Riviera Maya, I like had cash and I was like, no, 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 this is, you know, I'm not going to pay five bucks, maybe <laughs> yeah. three or whatever. And, I mean, you know, they had like, um, I'm, a, I'm a San Francisco Giants fan growing up in the Bay Area. So like they had like a blue and red Giants bag and it had like the wrong words on it and everything. And, oh, you know, no. so you, there was definitely a lot of room to kind of like. Not in Disney, sure. in Mexico. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely a lot of room to kind of have a little fun with it. And, uh, I, you know, that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah, so let's dive into a little bit of the history um, and some of the attraction history, because it sounds like you guys have some thoughts about the attraction as well. A little bit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Mexico obviously opened with Epcot on October 1st, 1982. The main design is to look like a Mesoamerican pyramid. And the interior is set up like a Mexican village, like we were talking about. The pyramid's 36 feet tall, and it is modeled after the Aztec Temple of the Feathered Serpent, which is just outside of Mexico City. When the pavilion opened, the attraction inside was actually El Rio del Tiempo, which is the River of Time. And it was a boat ride that slowly moved guests through Mexico's history. It featured a lot of animatronics, inauthentic folk clothing, singing, dancing, and playing music. It's very, very similar to the Grand Fiesta Tour, which we'll talk about a little bit. Um, there were also a lot of screens simulating different places and activities. There was like a market scene where people were trying to get you to buy things, trying to haggle with you and show you the different um, objects you could purchase. And then it ended with a fireworks show over modern day Mexico City. And then that was replaced in 2007 by the Grand Fiesta Tour, starring the Three Caballeros. And that, as we know, is based on the characters from the 1944 film, The Three Caballeros. This was actually, which I didn't know, was the first World Showcase attraction to feature Disney characters based on existing IP. Isn't it the only one? Wow. Now Frozen is also. Oh, well, Frozen. And then Ratatouille. I was thinking original Disney IP, not like new stuff. That's cool, though, because before Frozen, it was like the only one. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm. That's cool, though. Yep. So I did not know that was the first one. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, and then, you know, we kind of know already what the Grand Fiesta Tour is about, but the three caballeros are set to perform a concert that night. So you're going through a tour of Mexico, very similar to the previous ride. You pass through a portion that is a lot like Small World. Um, and then you end in Mexico City for fireworks. Um, you start by passing a Mayan pyramid and the restaurant, which we had just talked about. Um, so that is a lot like passing Blue Bayou and Pirates in Disneyland. And then the only Mexican character of the three caballeros is Panchito. Um, Donald is actually supposed to be American. 
and Jose is Brazilian. Mm -hmm. So I didn't realize that they just decided that would fit really well in Mexico because no. there's one Mexican character, I guess. Yeah. Like created. I mean, it, was, it was the 40s and Walt. I don't think Walt quite had the, the full scope of like cultural sensitivity at the time. Uh, no, not um, if you've seen that you film, you would know that. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think, oh no! Think old Walt could use a, a sensitivity lesson if he was around today. So. Yes, I think different you're right. times. I had yeah. no idea Jose was supposed to be Brazilian. Yeah, neither did I until I was doing this research. Uh, I mean, we have a lot of qualms about some of the um, South American lore and and characters that they kind of force into Mexico and are like this. These people look right, and then they just put them in there. And Paige mm -hmm. will talk about that in a second. But or you can talk about it now if you want to. Well, I think it's less about Disney doing it and more about Disney fans doing it. Like mm -hmm. saying, like, let's add Encanto to the Mexico Pavilion. I'm like, but guys, Encanto is not in Mexico. Yeah. Thank you. It's in yes. Colombia. Wait, weren't you yes. saying something about, um, about Coco too or no? Well, Coco is actually in Santa Cecilia, which right. is Mexico. Right. Sorry. Okay. You were talking about Encanto. I did just. I know. Early. I'm listening. Trust me. But that was earlier. when you were talking to me earlier and I was paying attention, like before we recorded. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anyways, in content, what are you, you going to yeah, do? Yeah. Okay. So you guys have <laughs> thoughts about the ride and I'd love to hear them. Yes. So I'll, I'll start it off by saying we just recently discovered, uh, we just did a, what were we doing? What episode was it? We did an episode basically where we talked about the history of this ride for some reason. I forget why we were talking about it, but apparently the budget was slashed considerably. Apparently, it was supposed to go outside. It was supposed to have an outside portion, and it was going to be way grander, but they were like, shoot, we're not going to have enough pavilions open opening day. So they like cut the budget by like 50 or 60%. Like, I mean, absolutely slashed it. So that's why we were left with apparently this very short, very low budget attraction. Um, I just think it's such wasted potential. I'm glad you addressed the Encanto thing because I've heard that a million times. And yes, if people understand that just because they speak Spanish doesn't mean it is in Mexico. So um coco i think would be perfect yes is it more ip of course and like do we have enough of it i would argue yes but i just think it would i don't know i think people love that movie it's got so much love that it, it deserves an attraction i would say do it they have added yeah, a little bit of coco in there where like there's these video screens in the lobby where you can sort of make yourself um a scallion yes um, yes. which is great and uh, we did that uh, one time and so there's a little bit in there i think there's some displays and stuff in the lobby so that's that's really appropriate and nice um the, yeah i mean i think that the the grand fiesta tour is kind of a disaster uh we went in 2021 so right after right sort of during lockdown still kind of we were wearing masks and stuff indoors and everything um this was mm. for baby moon and um it was awful because the queue for that ride, they had plexiglass like all the way up to the ceiling almost. So, you know, the queue is already pretty thin as it goes, but then all around you, you're surrounded by wall. So it really felt very stressful to be in there. Yeah. Sure. Um, we were fortunate enough to where this was a time when all three of the animatronics were functioning, but we know that sometimes they've like replaced the animatronics with pots of flowers or cart or like wooden cutouts and stuff. Um, it never ceases to amaze me how Randy uh, Donald Duck is in those videos. He's very, uh, he's very interested in the ladies, and it's kind of upsetting. Yeah, um, <laughs> very like grabbing and handsy in them, and I don't, I don't prefer it. But you know, whatever. Uh, it, you know, a duck's got to do what a duck's got to do, I guess. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a strange attraction. I think it's beloved, but it's strange. And then last time we went in 20, um, I guess last year when we went, um, mm-hmm. the line was outrageous. It was like over an hour. It was over an hour line wow. for that ride. And we were just like floored. I thought the line was for the tequila experience. Yep. And we didn't believe out, that it was for the attraction because yeah. I was like, I've never seen this line over mm-hmm. 60 minutes. There was a dad and his daughter, an older man and his his grown daughter in line behind us. And they're like, what are you waiting for? We told them. And she's like, oh, beep this. And they just turned around and left. I'm like, I agree with you. It's not worth the wait. (laughs) Also, beep this. What do you think? Do you you agree with what I said? Yeah. So, I mean, going into... Um, never experiencing the ride to experiencing the ride. You know, I we watched a ton of videos and I heard everyone's like, this ride isn't very good. And I'm like, you know what? It can't be that bad. And once we were on the ride, I remember just looking at Caleb going like, what is this? Like, I, I was just so confused. It felt extremely, extremely like low budget. I, I didn't really know what was going on. It's very chaotic, like in a puzzling way. Mm-hmm. And at the end, like the fireworks, I was like, okay, that's cool. Like I, for some reason, love the fireworks scene. Like, other than that, I'm kind of like, like Caleb mentioned, it's kind of a waste of space and a ride opportunity because then, like, Coco would be so easy for Disney just to transform that area mm-hmm. into something that's beloved. I mean, Coco yep. is absolutely beautiful. Like, the movie, like, just the um, message behind it, just everything involved with it. And it's such an easy thing for them to do. So I'm like, I'm really hoping that since they put those elements in where, like, you can make yourself into a skeleton, mm-hmm. maybe like they're teasing it. And maybe once they have more money to throw, at random projects like they'll be able to do something like that but as of now i'm kind of like i don't see myself ever writing that right <laughs> Dang. it was it's not my fave yeah i would say like it's a good 15 minute wait ride like i would do that yeah yes. i was gonna say it's a it's a yeah. walk on for me for yeah. sure yeah. like i would walk on but i wouldn't wait over 15 minutes for it unless like my kids no yeah someday sure um, right turns out you'll do anything for your kids but like in this case <laughs> it's just um yeah, it's the thing is too. It's not a bad bad ride. It's just not a good ride. Right. Sure. So, have you guys ever seen the original attraction that was there? Like, have you watched any YouTube videos or anything of it? No. No, we haven't. So, if you, I would encourage all three of you to watch it. It's like they didn't change anything about the ride. They just changed the screens, like what's on oh. the screens, and then. At the end, they threw the three caballeros animatronics in, which they actually did not even add those animatronics mm-hmm. until 2015. From 2007 to 2015, it was just projections. It's insane. Wow. Yeah, so I don't even know how much money they spent mm-hmm. to change it to the Grand Fiesta Tour, but it doesn't seem like much because everything looked exactly the same. That's crazy. I haven't seen that video. But that's yeah, it's not long. It's like five minutes. Yeah. But if you guys check that out on YouTube, there were a couple different videos. You can see the original. And yep, uh, the first one was low budget. And this one, clearly, they did not want to put any money into the (laughs) no faith in the Mexico Pavilion. Now, I think I learned from your guys' first episode of this series. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did the countries themselves help fund their pavilion? Am I getting that right? Uh, some of them did. Yeah. Some of them okay. brought in a little bit of money to help. Um, the The myth is kind of that the governments own them or run them themselves. Well, that's not true. But there were some like uh, some sponsorships involved Got it. Um, where they can get them. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you looked that up, Paige, or not. But I tried to look at the sponsors of the Mexico Pavilion. I didn't see any current ones listed. Yeah. So I'm not sure if it was like 
people in the past or if it was just the Mexican government that had helped originally, but there's no current sponsors that are like listed like some of the other pavilions. I, I do feel I like it's kind that's of the problem. Yeah. It's Sorry, kind sure. of it's kind of unanimous, I think, that we do believe that Coco should be more present in it. Um and, and also there's no other films really that Disney's done that are kind of like that. Um, except Beverly Hills Chihuahua. But I don't think I don't think that would resonate with anybody. Um, I'm good with it. My brother used to love that movie, and I was like, all right. Um, but anyway, uh, why don't we just, I mean, what would, do you guys have any thoughts about what you would do? I know this is kind of a question for later, but do you guys have any thoughts on what you might do if you were to add in some kind of a, um, um, like a Coco attraction, or if you had that space to gut and then redo it for the, yeah. for the tour, what would you, do you have any thoughts on what you would do? I mean, my one request would be, it's a short, so like working in the confines of the building, which is very small, right? That track's not s super long, so we can't go through the entire movie. But to sneak in, if we could sneak in the part where that bridge to the, is it what the world of the dead? What do they call land, it? Land, of, land well, Yeah. Do you guys yeah. remember yeah. The, the official the land term? Of the dead, yeah. 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 Land, land of the, land of the dead. dead. Yeah, the bridge, the orange bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. if you can somehow sneak that in, like you maybe the first scene is uh, you're at the cemetery and then we somehow get transported with Coco uh, mm. or Miguel, sorry. Because Anton Coco. With Michelle. Uh, <laughs> That's grandma. <laughs> sure, Mama Coco could be in there too. Uh, but it's transported to the land of the dead. I mean, the the visual nature of that. You you can even, and I'm not advocating this. I don't like the use of projections a lot. But you could even get away with using some projections to, to pull some of that off. Right. Um, to, you know, to lower the budget. Uh, but I think that, that that land of the dead world and just the vibrancy of the colors and... I don't know, making it back to how would you do that? Yeah. In such a short, that's the, that's the hard part is it is a what three minute ride or something like that. It's so short. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think I would have some of the same things that you just mentioned, but I think it would primarily for me, I think you would stay in the land of the dead. Like you were almost like, not like a mission, but you're almost on an adventure with my, Miguel and Dante, like trying to go around, whether you're searching for family members or like you're doing something with the family over there, or like there's a problem and you're trying to fix it. But like overall, instead of it being just a main problem, it's more of just an experience of experiencing how pretty that ride can be because it's just so colorful and everything's beautiful. And just think inside of the pyramid, how much they could just decorate in there yeah. to make it look like it's a grand party with all the family members. Like it would look amazing in there. And if they slid in un poco loco, and if I could hear that just playing through, oh my God. <laughs> yes. Are you going to tell them or am I? So in case you're wondering... Stephen can't stand that song because that's one of our daughter's favorite songs. Oh. And so we hear it about 50 times a day. So <laughs> if you like the song Un Poco Loco, try listening to it 50 times a day mm. for about three months and then see if you still love that. She's like, Daddy, do it. He goes, Daddy, play crazy. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> um, are so you sure? Oh. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Deep Cut. DeepCut are makers and purveyors of some of the most incredible record displays and accessories on the market today. Right now, you can check out their pre-sale of their floating record player table. It's the perfect home for your record player setup. This wall-mounted table features a clean look free of messy wires, the beauty of natural hardwood, vibration dampening design for a better sound, and the small footprint suitable for any space. Every last detail was considered in the design. Every component is best in breed. From the thick hardwood slab to the hand-welded brackets, 
to the powder-coated metal cable management cubby. This is form meets function in the most satisfying way. It's the premium record player shelf that your system deserves. We love these guys and we cannot say enough about how great their quality uh, stuff is. You can get 10% off your first order with DeepCut using the code TPA10 at checkout. Check out deepcut.co and again, use that code TPA10 at checkout. Thank you so much to DeepCut for sponsoring the Parks Academy and being part of our show. We really appreciate you guys and we cannot get enough of your stuff. And now, back to the show. I think there's two, I'm of two minds for what you could do with it. The first one was, I think that if you somehow included the Alabrijes, that'd be interesting. You could do mm-hmm. a lot with that. Um, also, one thing I think they could do too that might be really fun and would serve as entertainment instead of like an attraction. Because I think that sometimes dark rides can just be fine, um, especially if they're confined in space. But um, in, 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 this, uh, in uh, DCA, they had the little Miguel Marionette where he kind of like walked around. Mm-hmm. He's like a little thing. They should yeah. set up a little area where they have live performances of like the auditions for the Sunrise Spectacular. And then what ah. you could do is they could bring in like that um, De La Cruz costume. They could have the marionette or the little puppet of Miguel. They could have, you know, Hector in there. They, there's so many different things they could do with that by bringing in the little creatures, not cre- like Alabrije creatures, and then like the little, I guess skeletons are kind of creatures. Sure. Aren't we all just creatures with skin? <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, you know, bring those in and have it be a source of entertainment as opposed to like a, um, a ride. That's what I would do, I think. That'd be awesome. I like that. And then if you wanted to do projections, you just add in the Elbrijes, like kind of soaring over the sky or, you know, mm-hmm. every once in a while they like run behind the stage or you'll just kind of see them as little Easter eggs throughout the entire mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. Um, and then without getting too gross about having like so much IP in there, you could still have the pavilion. You could still have like the pyramid, but just add it in tastefully and kind of have it be like a part of the experience. Yeah. Mm. I think playing off of Caitlin's idea, I like maybe a new story that is a continuation or sort of a side story of Miguel and Dante's adventures or even him meeting back up with Hector or something in the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. And it's like completely different. And maybe they play one song that we know from the movie towards the finale or something. But I think it'd be fun to give sort of a new story to those characters that we love from the film um, and then you don't have to try to fit the entire movie into right. that short ride. Right. It'd be easier to make a little side story. Like I like that. It. And we've seen the movie. So it's not like right. we're missing exactly. out on anything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We could like take a tour of their shoe factory. <laughs> That'd be something, right? <laughs> That'd be just like very exciting. Make shoes. That'd be rough. <laughs> I'm like, I want to be a cobbler when I grow up, Dad. Yeah, exactly. Maybe cobblers would be born out of that ride. Exactly. Right. Right. And it would like be a good source of labor for Disney. Perfect. You know, I'm always joking ahead, you know? Yes. Always. I have two more little facts about the attraction. And then I want to talk a little bit about um, the shopping and the restaurants. So the flume system on the ride actually was produced by a company called Aerodynamics. I know them. How punny. They did Small World and Pirates. Yep. We've talked about them before. Yes, we have. And Eric Goldberg, he is most famous for animating the genie in Aladdin. Mm -hmm. He actually did all the animation for the Grand Fiesta tour. 
So all those screens that you okay. can see. The animation's good. Yeah. It's those. pretty good at like, animation, sure. actually. Yeah. Yep. So those are my only other facts about the ride. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, I th- I don't think we need to like stay on the ride too much, but I mean, it's it's it is what it is. Like people like it. It's it's a it's a fan favorite. Like I don't know, should it be? Who am I to say? I like the cocoa ideas that we all had. Yeah. I think we should be Imagineers, and people should listen to our ideas. Yes. <laughs> I mean, my Imagineers <laughs> to use things that people already came up with and just put them on a stage, but that's fair. <laughs> yes. Hey, I'll Imagineers do that too. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Well, cool. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about shopping a little. Yes. Yeah, so the Plaza de los Amigos is that marketplace inside the pyramid. That's just like a marketplace you'd find in Mexico. Um, there's a lot of little trinkets, Mexican products like sombreros, ceramics, musical instruments that you can purchase. There's a couple little shops that are sort of separate in there. If you've ever noticed on the sides, there's like a jewelry shop and a couple other things. Um, also, we've talked a little bit in passing about this, but when you first enter the pyramid, you come upon a Mexican folk art gallery. And so that has actually been a rotating art exhibit. The current exhibit has been around since 2017, and that's the Coco one we were talking about. So it's called Remember Me, La Celebración del Día de Muertos. And so it's the work of prominent Mexican and Mexican-American artists. Um, it opened in the fall of 2017, right before Coco. And the prominent centerpiece of that exhibit is the bridal couple. Um, these sculptures were actually created by a father and son in Mexico City whose family has been handmaking this type of celebratory art for more than 300 years. So I thought wow. that was pretty cool. That rules. Yeah. That bridal couple is absolutely amazing. It's very cool. It's so pretty. It's ginormous, too. I mean, it's stunning. Absolutely. I'm loving, yeah, and only Disney. I guess not only Disney, but I got to give them credit for doing that kind of stuff is, you know, uh, getting something from Mexico and having Mexican artists make something to bring that in. It could have been easier and much cheaper to do it, I'm sure, in-house, but it means a lot more that yeah, that's they awesome. did that. That's neat. Yeah, they could have just had, you know, Imagineers or whatever just make something from Coco. Sure. They had actual Mexican and Mexican-American artists making arts to bring um, to bring to the authenticity of the Mexico Pavilion which we've talked about a little bit in our other episodes that we really appreciate about Disney in having the cast members from those countries so that you have that authentic mm-hmm. experience. Um, and the food sometimes is authentic. Sometimes it's an American version of what's authentic. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but if we can have really authentic art, I think that really helps play to that experience. Yeah. Too. My favorite thing about the, the bridal couple statue is the dog and cat on the opposite side of it. <laughs> And he's got his little top hat on and stuff. Oh, it's pretty good. It's great. Yeah, I think you're right, though. That is one thing that Disney does right in regards to, like, keeping the authenticity uh, authenticity to the countries and the respect and stuff like that. Like, um, I mean, even, you know, kind of talking about the um, the little the little plaza where you can buy stuff. Um, I mean, it's it's you don't just like buy a bunch of Disney IP stuff. I mean, it's it's stuff that you would literally find in a marketplace um, now. The only downfall of it for me is that none of it's stuff that I would probably buy and bring home with me as a souvenir, mm-hmm. um, but it's still fun. Like there's still a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. So I always like to kind of take my time and look through that area and stuff. Um, yeah, it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the dining. 
There are actually five different dining locations in the Mexico Pavilion. The San Angel Inn is the indoor table service we've been talking about that's similar to the Blue Bayou. It's located in the central plaza of the pavilion, and it is actually a sibling to a Mexico City restaurant of the same name. It's a very famous restaurant in Mexico City, which I did not know before researching oh, wow. this episode. Yeah, I didn't know that either. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, the original one actually dates back to 1692. Jeez. Which, like, feels way too old for this restaurant for some yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> They ate food back then? <laughs> they had to have renovated it at some point. I don't know why it's hard for my mind to grasp that a restaurant could be that old, but... I mean, like, what were the safety standards back then? <laughs> you know, did they have did they have safety <laughs> health inspectors? Did they even have floors? Did they have a fire? I think they allowed, like, like one rat per ten plates, probably. Right. Like, the acceptable, yeah. Were plates just, like... Their hands? Did they have silverware? <laughs> I'd, probably. I'd imagine. Although you don't really need silverware for certain Mexican food. Yeah, like I guess any food anywhere. You can, I guess any food you can eat with your hands. I guess. If you believe in yourself. I don't know. It's just <laughs> hard for my mind to wrap around the concept of a restaurant being around since 1692. It d- yeah. It doesn't like break my mind to think that there were restaurants back then. Because like, of course, you know. Sure. Um, but that it's still the same. It can't be the same. I mean, you know, you can't. Maybe just the building is. Pro- I don't know. Or the name. It's namesake. I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to do more research about that specifically. Yeah, come back to me on that. <laughs> but the Disney version in the Epcot Pavilion is um, also Perpetual Twilight, which I think is one of the things we've all kind of alluded to. And that makes it so charming in the ambiance of that restaurant is as soon as you walk into this ginormous pyramid, it feels like it's twilight at all times of day. It can be hot and sunny outside and you walk in and it feels like you've just entered into this beautiful evening in Mexico City. Yeah, that's um, really one element that caught our attention, like at least for me when I walked in, because it, it literally feels like it takes you to another place. Yes. So again, it's like that blue body area where your brain is like, well, no, it's it's twilight. It's dark outside. Right. And you're like, oh, no, it's outside. It's 1230 in the afternoon and it's bright sunshine and heat. So it's really awesome that they can kind of transform that space and kind of manipulate you into thinking like, oh, yes, like I'm in, it's I'm ready for some Mexican food. It's dark right. outside. Let's mm. take a ride on the water. And yes. And even the smell in there and the starry lights above the pyramid and the mm-hmm. volcano that you see. In this pavilion, it's just so, so beautiful. You would ask earlier, kind of like what the pricing was and how it compared. Chicken yeah. enchiladas for twenty eight seventy five is kind of a lot. Oh, Ooh, and that's then pricey. yeah, yeah, and then carne asada for I don't know fifty four dollars. Um, okay, ribeye tacos wow. for thirty three. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's oh kind my, of, kind of expensive. If I'm being so that's honest. more than tortilla joes. Yeah, in downtown Disney. Disney. Oh that's, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yikes! That place is expensive. You can get their house margarita for twenty four bucks. What was the margarita flight? Twenty five. Yeah, I oh remember. Gosh. Which twenty five dollars for five bowls? Or their premium <laughs> was a really is good for, deal. Their premium flight is forty five. But yeah, it, it is actually. Forget what I said. That's kind of expensive. That's steep. But you guys, that original trip, you guys got a fan. Fantastic deal. Yeah, yes, we, just, we did. We just went for it. Yeah. 
Now your stomach probably hurt an hour later, but who cares? <laughs> I felt that was great. You got magic. a good deal out of it. I just threw on some sunglasses <laughs> and, you know, had a little beer and I was stumbled your you know, way through. Yeah, I just, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Magoo my way through the park. I pretty much had water in every other country as we continued oh. our world. Was that our first time oh, no. in Epcot together that we did that? that no, it, was, it had to have been because that wasn't our it was the second like 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That was good. That was good stuff. Yes, good times. Um, the second restaurant is La Hacienda de San Anel, and that's the lakeside indoor table service, which is across from the pyramid building. We've actually never been to that one. Um, but that one opened in September of 2010. And then La Cantina, which Caitlin had mentioned, is the QSR that's also on the lakeside mm-hmm. um, with casual outdoor seating. We haven't eaten that one before. I know I've eaten there at least. You have stopped there to get tacos yes. before. Yes, yep. yes, yes. And then La Cava del Tequila. Um, I just butchered the word tequila because Sorry. I'm hearing an echo in my ear. It is a tequila bar with a vast collection of tequilas, specialty margaritas, and light Mexican appetizers. They have tequila connoisseurs that interact with guests, and it is located inside the pyramid adjacent to the restaurant on the water. We've never done this one. We've not. Although I'd like to. We have never done it. I would love to, but I would also love to do the La Cava experience for $180 a person. And wow. you get a certified tequila ambassador as your host. And they teach you about the history of these tequilas. And you sample a ton of them. How many do you see? For 180 bucks, you said? I could buy like... It's like oh, a history. That's like a lot of good bottles of tequila for that money. And yeah. be wildly hungover. I don't know how many. Let's see. Do you get college credits at the end of it? Yeah, pretty much. For 180. I mean, Disney's kind of ruined me because now all I do whenever I think of something that's expensive, I'm like, oh, yeah, they had a $5,000 drink on their cruise. So I guess 180 is not that bad. And I think they did (laughs) it on purpose to like condition us to think that anything under $5,000 isn't that bad. They definitely. $300. What a deal. Yeah, I know. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Let's see. Are you looking at the college credit thing or? I was trying to see (laughs) how much tequila you get for that. I mean, the thing is, like, you can't, it's a, it's, it's a dance between having enough to get your money's worth and not so much that you ruin your trip. Mm-hmm. Hence, always end there, you know? Or sure. you could do that, like, the Epcot challenge where you do that and then go on Cosmic Rewind afterward. See how that goes. Ooh, I think if I went on with just water, yeah, Cosmic Rewind would still mess me yeah, up. Yeah, Have you guys ridden little... that before? No, not yet. Not we haven't yet. been on that or Tron yet. Yeah, we, we've, not, we've not been on Tron, but... Cosmic Rewind is is pretty much everything that everyone says it is. It's really good. So it, for someone that is prone to motion sickness, it, will it absolutely mess me up? Can I get through it? Or is what, it... Give me some context. Like, what do you mean by... Like, what so, rides give you motion sickness? Like, of course, it's, without saying Mad Hat, like the teacups, of course. But uh, a normal ride that would normally maybe not get people sick would be... Um, what gets me kind of sick? I would say like the Incredicoaster, Star Tours, like that type of thing. Yeah. So it's really, it's really smooth, it. but there's a lot of movement and a lot going on. Um, I would okay. say go for it, but, you know, just buyer beware. Don't do the 180 <laughs> uh, college course Margaritaville thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I keep saying they need a Margaritaville in Disney. <laughs> a little Jimmy Buffett out there. That'd be awesome. 
they do at Universal, right? I hate to bring up the uh, the competitor, but they no, do. no, no, no. We, they we have... talk about Universal. Okay, yeah. Don't they have one in there, like a downtown Disney ish place? Yeah, you and I, do. you and I went to it in Hollywood when we were in Hollywood together. You and I went there. It was my very first time to see Mr. Buffett, and I freaking loved it. <laughs> really? I started buying Hawaiian shirts. I was like all in. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. It's good. That's awesome. Sorry, I think I cut you off, Paige, when you went to say how much is included. That's okay. Uh, all I've been able to find is that it's a 45-minute experience, and oh. you get the tequila tasting and food pairings. Oh, so it's food. That's not... Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, I hope there's food. I don't, I don't know, know how much food we're talking. Is it like chips and salsa with this A basket one? of chips? Yeah. And Probably, yeah. some refried beans. <laughs> a couple like frozen sections taquitos. Um <laughs> For that amount of money, I would rather buy a huge thing of like fine tequila and then buy a bunch of fresh ingredients and have a party with people. Mm. Like I don't need someone. I, I've I've spent my I've done my dues. I've spent my time in the wine industry working. I don't need someone to explain tequila to me. Yeah, we've done that already. Where we, we went tequila tasting in we Mexico. Did. I don't need to do it again. Have I ever told the tequila story on the podcast? You've told it to so many people. But I don't remember who you told this to, but we are we are in Mexico. So I think if you're going to talk about me getting drunk on a bus in Mexico, now's, now's the time. time. Um, so on our honeymoon, we had this lovely bus driver on the day. We did an excursion and everybody got tequila shots. Now, these were like red solo cup tequila shots. They were not oh, like wow. shot glasses. and. Apparently, they saw Stephen was like... No, hang on. Hang on. Before you go further, this was after we went to the tequila factory and tasted. Correct. And I was like four Coronas deep. I'm not an alcoholic, by the way. Let's just get that. We were at an all-exclusive <laughs> resort. We were young. We just got married, you know. Yeah. The world is our oyster. And then I got to serve tequila on a bus in Mexico heat. Yes. And we did the tequila factory where we tasted several different flavors. I had like a chocolate tequila. It was delicious. We get back on the bus. And the bus driver must have decided that Stephen was his victim of the day. I was the, the guy, man, yeah. Mm. And he got everyone on the bus to, like, chant for Stephen to keep having tequila shots. Oh, no. And Stephen... These were, like, big old shots. ...made the funniest face I've ever seen because he was just gone from the tequila. <laughs> At one point, they took away the salt lick and the lime from me. And we're like, just go for it. Yep. They just handed you... A little red solo cup of tequila. Mm -hmm. And I have a hilarious photo, which we call the tequila face. And that will not go in show notes. That one looks <laughs> Oh, that needs to be shared with the world. Very few people have seen that. Yeah, I mean, it's not <laughs> bad. Listen, I'm at the point in my life where I've said this a couple of times now. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a husband and a father. I have no one else to impress. Um, you know, it's fine. But uh, I still yeah. don't really want to be mocked by the universe. <laughs> or something that was, a, you know, not my fault. So speaking You're a of trooper. Tequila. Yeah, I know. I try. This episode of the Parks Academy is brought to you by Neosabers. Neosabers make incredible handcrafted lightsabers that are perfect for any Star Wars fans. Check out these pros. They have strong metal built hilts, heavy grade polycarbonate blades, technical perfection, clarity of light and sound, perfect for cosplaying, the best option for a saber collection, and they can be totally customized how you want. Check this out. 
Uh, Neo Sabers is different from all other sales because they focus on providing high quality NeoPixel lightsabers that would qualify for either cosplay purposes or even light dueling. Their sabers price, uh, they say their sabers are priced low and can be guaranteed that their sabers are affordable and totally worth the purchase. You can check out their collection on their website at neosabers.com and check out their various features uh, of their NeoPixel lightsabers. Guys, I have my very own NeoPixel saber, um, and, and Neo Sabers does it right. I have the Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker saber, and it is incredible. If I want it to be green and kind of act like it is from the movie, I can totally do that. Or if I'm looking to kind of customize it, have it be, you know, a Sith saber, or maybe, you know, give it a little bit of a different Jedi look with purple, blue, yellow, you name it. I can do all of that. My favorite thing about it, though, is that there's an app that you can use. And with that app, you can customize like how it responds to different attacks. You can set it up to where it has like force lightning, where it has a drag motion. You can you can use like all kinds of different colors to change it however you want to right within this app. Um, and then there's also customized controls within the blade itself. So you can like press the button a couple different times to um, change the color, to change the sound or the volume or whatever you want to do. I really cannot speak more highly of Neo Sabers and uh, how much we are so happy to be sponsored uh, by them and partnered with them. If you want to buy something from Neo Sabers, jump on their website and use the code TPA10 at checkout. This is going to guarantee you 10% off your purchase. And right now they are running some incredible sales. So go ahead and check out neosabers.com and get your NeoPixel Neo Sabers lightsaber today. And now Back to the show. There's one last place to get food slash beverages in the Mexico Pavilion, and that is actually the outdoor margarita bar, which has a variety of frozen margaritas on the rocks, margaritas and Mexican snacks. It's a QSR stand right before the pyramid. If you're going the proper way around World Showcase, it's on your left just before the pyramid. What do you mean proper? Starting in Mexico. Sorry, I love this bit. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, all I had about dining. Yeah, on the proper part of it, I did physically react to you saying that you start in Canada. It's just, it's the human condition to just go clockwise. Yeah. I just, it's just. Clockwise? It's, wait, no. I agree. Counterclockwise in this case. No. It's easier to merge right than it is left. I think, or turn right into the left. <laughs> and if you're coming down the middle yeah, Epcot, you just go right to your right. And Isn't you it? Am I right, right, though? Am I correct? Again, we've, you guys have been probably way more to Disney World than we have uh, being on the West Coast and such. But I feel like Mexico, when you're looking at the split to go right, mm. left or right, I feel like Mexico looks closer. So like yes. I gravitate towards the left. Yeah, it's Canada more feels yeah. a little more tucked away. Mm-hmm. Kind of like toward the Odyssey building and stuff. It is, yeah, I mean, I'm, Let's be honest. I'm kind of being a little bit of a stinker about this whole thing. Like, I don't. I really don't care, and I have no dog yeah, in the yeah. fight. But I have gotten several messages on Instagram where some guy was like, "My wife was physically mad when she heard you say that." I'm like, "Well, don't listen to my show then." You know, oh, like, no. what do you want to tell you? What do you want to? Do? Yeah. What are you gonna do? I yeah, did exactly. also mention to Stephen in one of our previous episodes that if you look on a map of Epcot, the numbers. Mm. go in such a way that they expect you to go through Mexico first. 
And but so... maybe he's beaten. I'm going to play devil's advocate. Maybe Steven has figured something out and we're like going against the grain and that actually benefits you like yeah. against crowd flow, maybe like less weight. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For maybe. science. You do whatever you, you guys do whatever you want. I don't, I really care less. I just think, you know, I don't even have, I don't even care. I just think like, whatever, you know, just follow your heart. And my heart usually goes to Canada for some reason. God knows why. My heart follows me with the tacos. So wherever yeah. the tacos yeah. are, that's where we are. So. That's how I am like 90% of the time. But yeah. I just think if you end there, like, okay, here's the logic too. Who wants to end in Canada? Mm, yeah. Like, you want to end there? You want to end your fun experience with moose? Sure. Like, no. I hope you guys aren't Canadian. Um, no. For no. our Canadian listeners, like, sorry. Um, but I don't want to end in We love you guys. Like, I'm going to go, what, spend, a, spend an afternoon with Martin Short in a rotunda? I don't think so. Oh, I love Not Marty. Short. We love Marty Short. Yeah, he's fine. He's, he's, very, he's very good. He's a national treasure, except in Santa Claus 3. But, um, <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you. to you with his Jack Frost hair. But, um, yeah, I just don't want to end there. I, I don't, I, I don't get want it. it. We watched the, uh, Caitlin and I were like, let's make it a thing. Let's go watch that. Uh, what's it? Not Circle Vision, but the, you know, the, their show, the Canada, Canada, Canada Far and Wide. Thank you. Canada Far and Wide. That. It was very confusing. I didn't, I was expecting much more and we just walked out going, okay, that was a thing. Yeah, it's okay. I never it know exists. where to look and that frustrates yeah. me. It's yeah. a nice break for some AC. Yeah. True. Um, yeah, we already did our Canada episode. You know, I don't need to keep giving him and my my big grief. Yeah. So one of the things that we ran into a couple of times is that there has been talk about how some of the pavilions are a little bit stereotypical um, of countries, and they're a little bit misrepresentative of the whole experience. For some reason, I feel like Mexico is pretty okay. I don't know if you guys feel the same, if you spent any time there, like in Mexico or not, or why, but I just, I feel like it's not so bad. I have a fun fact. I hope that I'm not defend your theory. Yeah. So there are actually two distinct lands in the Mexico Pavilion, which I never really thought about until I read this. So the exterior surrounding the cantina you'll find native plants and the general aesthetic of Mexico's desert regions. And then Mm. inside the pyramid is more of like the lush tropics of Mexico's other major climate zone, which is the jungles. And so that's more of the inside. So they've really tried to be intentional about like, there are two specific types of landscapes in Mexico. You have like desert and you have jungle. And then obviously you have city, which is also represented inside but it really tried to hit both of those mm-hmm. like climate zones. Yeah. Which I think yeah. supports what you said. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's represented well. Um, I do feel though that when you look at all the pavilions, it's not as grand as some of the other ones, like depending yeah. on where you're going. Um, but, but at the same time, like Paige was mentioning, it, there is an effort there. So it's not like it's just a, oh yeah, here's a little place where you can get tacos. And then margaritas, and that's it. Just carry on. Mm-hmm. It's like they did try and do like those little Disney touches to kind of bring in everything. So I don't know. What do you think? I like it. I mean, I think it's right. They could have gone too uh, stereotypical, and uh, some of those. I would, I would agree on some of them. It's almost like so close to offensive on how, like, you know, on the nose some of that <laughs> representation is in some of the pavilions. So yeah, I don't, I don't get that vibe from Mexico at all. Like, yeah. Um, 
they're not putting you know the poor servers in silly outfits or something like that to be like yeah look you're in mexico we swear right right, right. <laughs> do you believe yeah. us now yeah right they're not all in sombreros and ponchos exactly. Or something. Hey, whoa, exactly whoa whoa come on not cool <laughs> they sell those things um, but they don't make the employees wear them yeah, so. I mean, so i've been exactly. to riviera maya Shetties. and i've been to, we, we were in the cancun airport so i'll count it um and i've also been to tijuana and uh yeah. you know i mean like i don't know it's i think what they did is fine i think a tijuana like pavilion be a little rough yeah. maybe not kid friendly um, <laughs> oh, I went when I was a kid. It was wild. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think they've done a nice job. It's very, I think it's very um, thoughtful and well yep. done for sure. Yeah, we agree. Cool. Mm-hmm. Glad, we, glad we all agree. The only thing I think that they should do is have better pastor there because mm. they do not have great pastor there. Like they need like a spit and the whole thing. And then that would be way better. I would mm. start there and I would end there. I'd like boomerang. Back Blue background. Yeah. Be a long day. Yeah. Um, what are some of your other questions that you usually ask people after this whole series we've done that I've forgotten? Well, I usually ask, what would you add, change, or take away? We talked a little bit about what we would change or add to the attraction, but is there anything else you guys, in thinking about the Mexico Pavilion as a whole, that you would either change or add or take away? That is good. I don't know if I take away anything. All of it's great. Yeah, I don't think so either. I, I, I don't know. I, part of me wants to say, like, bring more elements in. Um, but then at the same time, I'm kind of like, I'm just like, I'm walking through the pavilion in my mind. And I'm like, I don't think I would change anything other than having Coco. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where, I, like I mentioned, I do feel like it's represented well. And it's one of those things where, like, I do like the La Cantina place that we went to. Yeah. The tacos there were amazing. Um, I don't know if like, I can remember. So I would love, and this may be the case already, but when we went, I felt like it wasn't. So if you guys, sorry to keep talking about Disneyland, but in California Adventure, they've got the uh, Mariachi Divas, yes, right? This great uh, uh, group uh, full of women that sing these great songs and like it's full on entertainment. They've got their dedicated stage, and you can sit there, mm-hmm. and from anywhere in that seating area, you can see them perform. And they put on a show. Is that the case there? Or they kind of, I feel like they're tucked in a corner a little bit. I think they're they perform. more tucked away. And it's yeah. sort of at random periodic times. It's not like a stage show. Yeah. So I would love if they could implement there. that. Yeah. yeah because that's a great like, idea. Like, I don't know, auditions for a Sunrise Spectacular, maybe? Oh, all went back around. All things lead back to that fantastic idea. Imagine you know, he's available for hire. I know. I'm pay looking for a job, so <laughs> hit me up. I, I don't think I'd get paid enough as an Imagineer. I feel like I would like uh, apply and then get the job. And like, here's your, here's your 35 grand. I'm like, that's it. That's all I'm going to get for having great ideas. <laughs> um, yeah, no, Joe Rody status or bust. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't think that I would take anything away either. Um, I do think that besides the tequila experience, I think that there could be a little bit more of an elevated some little bit more elevated experiences, which the restaurant mm-hmm. does provide. My recollection is that there is a shopping area when you walk in and then go to your left. There's a little shop there with like crystals and glass things, but mm-hmm. that's just not for me personally. So that's fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that a little bit, you know, more like entertainment would be interesting. Um, I think that they could probably, I know that soccer is really a, a really important big deal mm-hmm. in Mexico. 
That was really stereotypical of you, Steven. Yeah, well, and also uh, we talked in we talked about in America that they just made us all look like we're colonial people when it's like <laughs> just you got the fr- job and just then give lost us a freaking it Buffalo Wild Wings and football in America and we'll be fine. So don't talk to me about stereotypical B dubs. Um, yeah, but no, I'm just saying like you know it would be you know kind of something you know along with the shops to kind of like incorporate some more like um of like what makes you know the culture and the communities and stuff so unique and and what they're passionate about and stuff it's not stereotypical it's just you know, is it did i do something wrong all of a sudden i'm like stopping and thinking about whether or not i did something <laughs> terrible um, but yeah you know because a lot of the stuff that you see in the shop is like just tourist stuff and, and, and it's fine and, and it is tourists that are visiting but i think that if you had a little bit more that kind of spoke to the culture as a whole and what you know the people of mexico are, are into and passionate about and what kind of makes their um you know what makes their households and their communities unique and special um i think that that would be really helpful as opposed to just mm. stuff that you might find in a market when you're visiting so um and more cocoa i guess yes. you should have like a you should have an attraction where you like have to sing a song to a dying old lady in her wheelchair oh my gosh try to hold in your tears that's a lot of turnover for that job, though. Right? I know, right? Yeah. Oh, dear. That's rough. Um, all right. Well, we are going to sort of close things out by asking you guys one final question. If you've listened to the rest of the episodes, hopefully you're sort of prepared. Um, assuming you have Disney+, Plus, what are both of your avatars on there? Oh. Oh, this is you for me. Um, so Caleb actually picked mine. It's um, Belle, currently. Okay. Um, and then... Oh, I was gonna say yours. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't speak for myself. Apparently, uh, mine is mine's Grogu. Currently, it was Kermit. Changed it to Grogu. Mm. All things green. I love it. All right. Well, uh, before we shove off, why don't you guys? Um, now's your chance. Obviously, we'd love for you guys to promote. You know what you do and anything coming up or anything that you'd like to share with our audience because we're excited to you know introduce your show to people who may have not heard you before. No, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're a Market House podcast. You can find us on all the Streaming platforms, whatever's out there. No Stitcher's gone, so Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the good ones. We're on Instagram, same name, Market House Podcast. And yeah, we do stuff like this every single week. And uh, we strive to be as good as you guys. And hopefully we'll get there one day. Oh my gosh, that's... Everyone's... All of us are phonies. We're just sitting at our kitchen table, tired, and uh, (laughs) recording Disney shows. So that's really cool. You know what? It makes us feel better, though, between like talking about Disneyland, Disney World, whether it's Disney Cruise or just fantasizing about being at the park. It's yeah. just it's it's magic. So you're right. I agree. I, uh, yep. Can I flip it and ask you guys a question before we uh, before we wrap things up? Sure. Of course. Mind a curveball. So as we've talked about earlier, I don't know if you're recording or not, but you guys are expecting your second and we're expecting our first. So uh, also a girl. So you have a daughter already, I believe. What is, do you have a piece of advice for new parents? Like just one, if you have one piece of advice for people that are about to just enter this new world, what would it be? Disney related or otherwise? <laughs> I, 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 either or. Both. Yeah. If that's okay. Okay. So I'll let Paige start because you're the mom. Well, I was going to say the most mom advice that I could give, and this applies to both of you, is that. If you haven't already started hearing a million opinions from people about what to do and how to be a good parent, kindly ignore every bit of that advice because you guys are going to know exactly what you need to do for your kid. And 
at some point your instinct takes over um, and people will say, oh, you should try this. You should try this. Do what works for you and listen to your gut. Um, there's not one right way to do anything in parenting and one thing will work one day and it won't work the next day. So mm-hmm. just do your best and trust your instincts and don't let anybody make you feel like you have to try their idea or listen to them. Um, you're going to get a lot of unsolicited advice, even when you have toddlers and teenagers mm-hmm. and as they continue to grow. Yeah. So just make sure that you guys communicate with each other and just trust yourselves you guys are going to be the best parents that you can be for your child um so that's my advice well that's great advice awesome. thank you yeah yep. it's 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 very useful as well because we've already um received advice on how to do everything because again we're being we're first time parents over here so we clearly have no idea what this new world of um kiddo is going to be yeah. um but it's it's kind of scary it's exciting but be able to hear from you guys like hey like you're just gonna you're just gonna everything's gonna fall into place like you guys are just gonna figure it out that's mm-hmm. really reassuring and that's yeah. very helpful so i appreciate that yeah, yeah thank you she's totally Absolutely. right um about everything um the one thing i would say is kind of like sort of what you said um it's it's remarkable how much uh how you know exactly what to do the second you hold your kid um it's like i had this immediate bond with my daughter the second i held her i was like i know exactly what I'm supposed to do. This is not weird. It doesn't feel scary or daunting. It's just like, this is my kid and I'm good. Um, not all, I mean, there were like moments when I was nervous and stuff, but for the most part, I didn't feel, I, there's something about having your own kid where you feel very confident as opposed to having someone else's kid that you're like, if I drop this kid, they're going to hate me. Um, <laughs> the other thing that I would say personally, um, especially for you, okay, this isn't a parenting podcast, but Caleb, especially for you, is just like, definitely trust yeah. your wife. Um, hmm. and take her side because um, a lot of people like, you know, I feel like a lot of guys especially try to have like this real weird macho sort of take to being a parent hmm. and like try to make it seem like, oh, well, the wife should just take care of this and that. It's not my job. Well, kind of is your job because you're the dad. So for me personally, like being there for Paige and helping her, whether it's just like getting up and hanging out in the middle of the night when she's feeding the baby or, you know, doing my fair share of like feeding and watching her and, and kind of giving Paige a break and stuff is critical. Um, so that I think is, is a really, really big deal. And then um, take your kid to Disney before they turn one. Oh, oh, because I love it. I love it. Of fun. it. We took our 10 month old and she had a blast. And it was one of our favorite trips we've ever had. And oh, people that's will awesome. say like, don't waste your time. They're not going to remember it. That trip is not for her. It is for yeah. you guys. Mm-hmm. And it is worth Every second, every dollar, mm-hmm. like I would yeah. not have changed anything about taking our 10 month old. Definitely look for our episode about going to Disney with the baby because we do have yes. one of those. Um, yes. The biggest thing is that if you want to spend time with characters, I think I spent like 15 minutes with Donald Duck with a huge line behind me because he just wanted to like see our daughter and play peekaboo and the oh, cast refer so cool. into it. So you get a lot of extra special time because Disney like loves babies. So. Oh my gosh, that melts my heart. That's so a lot cool. Of fun. It's thank a you guys. Fun. That's yeah, awesome. Thank Absolutely. you. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show. Um, anytime you'd like to have us on, I'm not inviting myself, but if you ever need us to come on and hang out, oh. we'd be happy to do so. We'd love to have you guys back. Um, 100%. Yeah. Thank you. All of our uh, listeners, thank you guys so much for your support and listening. Um, you can find us online at theparksacademypod.com as well as on Instagram at theparksacademy. Thank you so much to our two um, incredible and wonderful sponsors, Deep Cut and Neo Saber. So you can get 10% off your first order with those two remarkable businesses using the code TPA10 at checkout. 
Um, I don't know what we're going to be doing next because we just wrapped up World Showcase. Um, I might be doing some solo shows because at this point, either we will have a baby or Paige will be like right there. So I might be doing some shows with like guests by myself, just, you know, whatever. Um, and we will catch you next time.